Support for this podcast comes from Troy University, dedicated to teaching a new generation to lead change. Information on leadership opportunities available to students from day one is at troy.edu slash lead change. From Troy Public Radio, this is the Storyline book series from In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. With all the attention given to the holidays, food historian Carolyn Quick Tillery joins us again by Skype to discuss the Southern staples brought to the forefront by scientist and Tuskegee Institute educator, Dr. George Washington Carver. George Washington Carver helped save agriculture in the South through his research on peanuts and crop rotation practices. His collected recipes became what we call today soul food, the food that sustained people with scant financial resources. Carolyn Quick Tillery is an NAACP Image Award finalist. And she talks about her classic book, The African American Heritage Cookbook. Carolyn Quick Tillery, thank you so much for joining us on a return visit in our book series here at Troy Public Radio. Thank you again for extending the invitation. Carolyn, the book we're celebrating is now a classic, the African-American Heritage Cookbook, Traditional Recipes and Fond Remembrances from Alabama's renowned Tuskegee Institute. How does George Washington Carver fit into this story? Well, as you know, Dr. George Washington Carver was invited to Tuskegee by Booker T. Washington as a professor and a researcher. And He saved the South agricultural economy by finding different uses for the peanut. At that time, cotton was king, and they weren't rotating their crops. And the peanut, if it was used as a rotation crop, would restore the soil that was being leached of minerals by just only planting cotton, and they didn't have any uses for the peanuts, so he found uses that would encourage them to rotate their crops and thereby restoring the soil. There were just a number of uses that he found for peanuts, like peanut butter, chemicals that he made from the peanuts, and other things that made peanuts profitable whereas prior to that, they were not profitable, so nobody wanted to plant them. You say in the book that every Tuskegee celebration included, quote, festivals or suppers to raise money for the school. And you also say the school's industries actually started with this farming because, according to George Washington Carver, quote, We wanted something to eat. So you have brought some of his recipes into this book. Yes, Dr. Carver's croquettes, as well as his baked sweet potatoes and his sweet potatoes baked in ashes. And as we talked about during the last segment, there was only an appropriation for teacher salaries. There was not an appropriation for housing or food for the students. And that's why purchasing the farm was so important for the sustainability of the school is that they then raise their own crops. 
And what they didn't use themselves, they were able to sell and use that money to help build the school. One of the other issues in terms of raising money is it couldn't be raised from tuition, first of all, because few of the students that were coming to the school at that time could afford to pay tuition. And also a stipulation in House Bill 165, which said any student who agreed to teach at an Alabama school for colored students, and colored being the word used at the time, would not have to pay tuition. So Dr. Washington very craftily came up with the purchase of land that he could use to both feed students, raise crops and livestock to feed the students, as well as to sell the surplus to raise money for the school. You have George Washington Carver's Wild Onions and Garlic with Bacon and Eggs. Very simple recipe. Do you want to share that from page 97? Sure. It calls for wild garlic, which grew out in the fields, onions, which grew out in the fields, uh, bacon and eggs. That was another thing that Dr. Carver did, often because the formerly enslaved people in the surrounding community were required to grow crops up to the cabin walls. They didn't have gardens. So he showed them how to use things that came from the field. And the recipe calls, let me just read it verbatim, all of the above have been relished and found appetizing in early spring. And that's the wild garlic and wild onion that I just spoke of. When the tops are tender and prepped as follows, take a few pieces of fat bacon, cut in small pieces, fry until nearly done. And while the grease is very hot, Stir in the finely cut onion tops and garlic tops and let them cook until done. Have ready two or three eggs that have been salted and peppered to taste. Stir these quickly into the bacon and onions, being careful not to let the eggs get too hard, and serve at once. Some like cheese grated over the eggs before frying. It provides one or two servings, and it's Dr. Carver from Nature's Garden. A lot of people were either tenant farmers or sharecroppers, and they were not really able to broaden the scope of what they had to eat so that it was more healthy. But in your cookbook, you have brought recipes back to us, fried green tomatoes, corn fritters, Booker T. Washington's poem to collard greens, food is culture or reflects culture, right? It does. And they were able to take the food that no one else wanted. And that's why it was called soul food, the food that was discarded like the pig entrails, which became chitlins, and the uh, pig's feet and tails, which would be used as seasoning meat in a pot of greens or a pot of pinto beans. And we're able to make a meal out of them. But in addition to teaching farmers how to farm, Booker T. Washington had said, we need to take what we're teaching at Tuskegee beyond the walls of the school. And they came up with a Jessup wagon, which would go to local communities and teach them not only how to farm, but how to preserve food and prepare food so that they could eat better than they were eating. 
because, as I previously said, they were required to farm right up to the cabin walls and very seldom had a garden or nothing more than a chicken or two, if that. Carolyn, I think the valuable aspect of what you've done in this book is remind us of these Southern traditions. I particularly like to find forgotten recipes because there's usually a story that goes along with those recipes that's part of the history. And that's why I enjoyed finding so many of Dr. Carver's recipes. Carolyn, you have a Facebook page. Can you tell us what it is so that your listeners can find out more about the cookbook? Sure. For the cookbook, it's the African American Heritage Cookbook. And you can find that on Facebook. But I also have a personal page as well. And that's Carolyn Quick Tillery. The book is a treasure, just as one of your reviewers said, and I am so glad that we can celebrate it again on Troy Public Radio. I want to thank you for joining us today by Skype. As always, I've enjoyed talking with you. That was Carolyn Quick Tillery, a graduate of Tuskegee University and author of the classic, The African American Heritage Cookbook. Thanks for joining us today for the Storyline book series from In Focus, which is a podcast on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.